moving like this. He got my back, I got his. Scheming on mad. That's how we do best. It's about time to start another robbery spree. Cause yo, my way is highway robbery. Oh, ho, ho, people. That is the scenario. It's Wednesday, which means echoes from the goddamn void up in your ear, people. How we do. And, um, yo, how insane, right? There is so many things just floating around in the ether right now. You've got this Oprah free interview. You've got the illegal knee from the weekend's UFC. It's insane. And the narratives are crazy. Crazy. And on top of all of that, it is cold as hell over here. God damn it is so cold. Right? Which ain't helping. Ain't helping at all. Things are getting a dire, right? Right now, you know, it, 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 it's got me bargain, trying to bargain with some homeless motherfuckers. You know what I mean? You go to the supermarket and you always go, oh, can you, can you spare me some change? And I'll be like, yo, I will buy you a goddamn picnic if, um, you know what I mean? Hey, we can have a conversation. Right? Let's sit down, hold hands, let's connect. And yeah, no, it's not on. Feel like rather have some cigarettes. Go fuck yourself. Like, god damn it. So yeah, living on the J's, you know what I mean? Trying to do your thing. But that's life, people. That is life. Now, I'm not gonna be talking about. Yeah, this interview because god damn it is everywhere and it's boring it is so boring right people talking about shit that was uh you know what I mean it's nothing new like everyone knew what the situation was when it all started you know what I mean so why would motherfuckers be shocked right now it's insane I will say though, right? I kind of feel people throw around the word suicidal way too much. Way too much. I mean, like, come on, let's be real. Who hasn't thought about how the fuck am I gonna end this shit, right? When everything's a bit rubbish, everyone's like, all right, what's gonna be my exit? What's the plan? Okay? Everyone's thought of that. Like every every day you kind of think, hmm, am I gonna do it today? But you don't. So very like would you call yourself suicidal? No. You just you know, you got the contingency plan in the back pocket. Sensible, you know? It's a sensible thing. But it is, you know what I mean? Anyway, anyway, people, let us get into this week's episode and um yo deep like one thing that is kind of crazy right and, and it's just happened but remember last year you know with um the horrendous killing of brianna taylor 
And then her boyfriend, right, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, is arrested. Is arrested for shooting one of the police officers, which was insane. You know, he, he, he was charged with attempted murder. Charged with attempted murder. Now, it got dropped... Because everyone made so much noise about the whole situation, right? Because you can't really call it attempted murder when the police fucked all that shit up, right? If someone, you know, kicks down your door, you're going to think someone's breaking in. So, yeah, you're going to protect yourself, which was the case. Now... The, the insane thing about it all, right, even though it was dropped, they, they kept it that they could reopen the case. They could bring him back to trial at a later date, which is, again, insane, insane, because, you know, it, it was shown that, yeah, the police did not announce themselves. <laughs> they, they've been caught in so many lies about that situation. So, finally, finally, after one horrendous year for, um, you know, for Walker, a judge has come out and said that this is done. Right? It is done. And they can know, you know, there is no possibility of anyone bringing Walker to court for any of this bullshit. You know, the case has permanently been dealt with, which, hey, that is huge. That is huge. Now, if something can actually be done about the people that killed Brianna Taylor... That would be something, right? Because, you know what I mean? Just those two cops got fired. That was it. That was it. Which is insane. Is insane. Because when you look at it, one didn't wear his body camera, which if you were doing everything by the book, if you're announcing yourself, if this is all legit, you'd be wearing a camera. Right, so the fact that the camera's off kind of, you know, speaks to all the shabbiness that took place. And then the other cat got sacked because um, he didn't follow procedure and used excessive force. Which you would think all are very criminal. But no, no charges. No charges. So, I don't know, let's see what the fuck happens But at least the walker is now in the clear But, now it's time to refocus And, um, yeah, get young Taylor some justice You know what I mean? But, people, let's get into it, alright? Sit back, and let's go So in some shocking, truly Truly shocking news Ian Maxwell Has revealed that His sister Ghislaine Maxwell Is Being held in some degrading Torturous conditions In jail That's right You know It's no luxury 
right? She she doesn't have her usual comforts. It is shocking. It's horrifying. Can you even believe it, right? Can you believe that jail could be so disgusting, so bad? It is fucking jail. <laughs> it is insane, right? Jail should be a deterrent. <laughs> it should be a thing where people come out and go, never again. Oh, my God. Never again. Where a lot of people be like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, no, I had fun. Yeah, wasn't bad. Food was great. Food was great. Yeah, bed was comfy. Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. I wouldn't mind going back. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that, right? Now, <laughs> he said, the food is basically inedible, right? That That's how he described her food. But <laughs> when um, you read further into the piece, right, it's um, the food is microwavable. <laughs> that is why they're saying the food is inedible, right? Because... It's microwave dinners. Like, oh, how disgusting is that? She hasn't once been offered caviar. Can you believe it? Ah, it's vile. Vile. (laughs) What did you think? What did you think? Right, she's just had her third attempt at bail rejected. And, I mean, is anyone surprised? Is anyone surprised? Like, listen, if her ass had turned up, right, at at the police station straight away, after Epstein had been arrested, you know, if she had turned up straight away, it's like, um, uh, yeah, um, I hear you want to talk to me, you know what I mean? Like, you've got my, um, you've got my dude in jail, and, uh, yeah, my name's been mentioned a lot. So, um, let me clear it up, because I don't know what you're talking about, right? If she had done that, yeah, you know, you might think, alright, give the whole bail. No, she went on the run, <laughs> like, she disappeared, right? Now, the fact that she was in, um, you know, the Hamptons, <laughs> and, and, I don't know, either people didn't look, or maybe she's got some cloaking device on a mansion, that's either here or there, but she didn't go and turn herself in, you know, knowing that, yeah, she was a person of interest, people wanted to talk to her, you know, like, yeah, fuck bail, fuck bail, right, also, they're saying that, um, you know, She's constant, under constant surveillance. Wouldn't you think that's a good thing? (laughs) I I don't understand how you're thinking that's bad, given the fact that, uh, you know, Epstein was murked in jail, right? In all the articles around this, it's been like, um, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in jail. Like, just don't. Let's not. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that, right? If you don't want to just say Epstein was murdered in jail, just see, Epstein died while in custody. 
Like, if you really want to be non-committal, say that. But to say Epstein killed himself, it's making you look a little bit stupid. Because everyone, everyone knows he didn't. You know, autopsies, like, medical professionals looked at that whole shit and were like, yeah, that doesn't happen if you kill yourself. Like, they're not injuries of someone killing themselves. So what are we doing? What are we doing with those, with these stupid lies? But anyway, constant surveillance, yeah, that's not bad. That is good. You should be thankful. The fact that she is still alive, that's definitely a big thing. You know, she's been in jail since, what, July last year. Right, so the fact that she ain't been murked too, you know what I mean? That's a win for you, motherfuckers. That's a win for you. Right? Listen, we we know there are so many records that she was introducing Epstein to all of these rich motherfuckers. She was there. She was on the island, on the plane. This is all known. Right, so to try and act like she knew nothing? Like she wasn't involved? Mm, I highly doubt that. And what I believe... Now, this, this might not be true. Because it came from two, <laughs> two young ladies who could have well been under the influence when talking about it. Right, but on broad topics, right, Kim Condon and Alex Scarlotta said that there are facts showing that Maxwell was uh, in the same result as what, that little chick, Madeline McCain. Is it Madeline McCain? You know, that young girl that was kidnapped and went missing in Ten- Tenerife, I think it was, right? She was there. So. Yeah, do not give that bitch bail. <laughs> Jeline Maxwell, she needs to stay in jail until the case, right? Until the trial. Then we'll see how this shit works itself out. But <laughs> you read know, her um her degrading, torturous conditions. Oh dear, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Poor Maxwell, what a shame Crime does suck (laughs) Oh, these funny rich motherfuckers It's a little crazy, right? How certain stories are blowing up the news right now You know what I'm talking about, people I mean, stuff where people with money and privilege and, you know, opportunity, and trust me, when you're getting handed buck, buck, bucks from Netflix and free mansions, shit's all right, you know what I mean, shit's all right, now, on the flip side, you have people like, oh, (laughs) I'm gonna butcher this name, but it's, I feel it's, Lujan Al-Hafalu, you know, a Saudi Arabian woman who uh, 
It's kind of been shafted, right? Kind of been shafted. Now, she was given a five-year and eight-month prison sentence back in 2018 for... um, I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? She she was indicted for... Now, how did they put it? I think trying to influence change. Inciting change. That's it. Inciting change to the basic ruling regime. That is what she uh, was put in jail for. Now, the thing is, right, so in Saudi Arabia, women were, they weren't allowed to drive. I mean, if you look at a lot of the rights for women in Saudi Arabia, it is kind of crazy. I mean, just the Middle East as a whole. Women's rights are, ooh, I mean, it's kind of medieval. But even in the medieval times, I think women probably had more rights. <laughs> you know, it is one of those situations. And so she was campaigning for women to be able to drive. Right. That was the situation. And um, her and a group of other women, you know, they got arrested um, and put in jail for this. The crazy thing, I mean, the crazy thing about getting put to jail for that, but, right, uh, 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 I think it's like a few weeks after she was put in jail, the law was changed, so women are now allowed to drive, right, so that is one of the real baffling things about all of this shit, the Wait, what she campaigned for, that went through. Do you mean the campaign worked? (laughs) Because now women can drive. So you kind of scratch your head a little and be like, wait, so how was she still in jail? You know, like, how could she still be in jail for something that got passed, it's like the people in jail in the states for weed, you know, possession of weed, and when we say possession, it's like having a joint, right, shit like that, when all of those laws got changed, but those people were still in jail, even though the judges involved were like, yeah, these people can go free, and they were still kept in jail, like, this is the same shit. You know, like, listen, you you allowed women to drive. So how the fuck are you putting someone in jail for going? Hey, can we please have the right to drive? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's insane, right? It is insane. And um, yeah, so they've been appealing it. You know, everything like that. Now, a judge reduced the sentence. Right, he reduced the sentence, so she has now been released. You know, they reduced this. I think they reduced the sentence to like three years, something like that. So she's released, but 
she is on probation for the next five years. So, yeah, you know, they're saying if she commits any crime, she's back in jail. Which, I mean, basically, it's like, you know, they can throw her ass in jail for anything. <laughs> you know, if she sneezes incorrectly, her ass is getting thrown in jail. You know, it's, uh, it's insane. It is insane, this situation that hardly has gotten any sort of coverage. You know, that's the... I think that's the thing that kind of really stinks. When things like this happen and then just not covered, right? But then you you have all of these big organizations, all these big news organizations talking about how, you know, they cover the news fairly and all of this. But this isn't covered. But, you know, a pop star moaning about awards... That gets coverage. That gets top, top coverage. And you're like, what are we doing here? Like, what the fuck is going on, man? Right? Why, why are you hiding news? It's insane. Right? So, um, yeah, that's the thing. But the, the Saudi, you know, the, the government is saying that, you know, she was, um, yeah, involved in terrorist acts because she spoke to foreign diplomats and media in, you know, the UK, Europe. <laughs> you know, like that, that is deemed as, um, yeah, being a terrorist, which, God damn. Oh, and she used the internet. Right, because you're not allowed to use the internet to um, do certain things, supposedly. Right, so yeah, she got screwed. Got screwed. Hey, one thing, uh, you know what I mean? I do like, though. Right, so um, when she was in jet, in um, court, right, her last court meeting, the, the judge had asked if she would want to show... Um, you know, repentance for, um, yeah, for the situation, you know, and you look, sometimes they, they make you do that shit, and then it's be like, if you do, they'll reduce, you know, they'll reduce charges and all of that, but sometimes they'll tell you they'll reduce charges, and then they don't, but then they got you going, yeah, what I did was wrong, and I'm really sorry, and I won't do it again, you know what I mean, it's all very, uh, yeah, it's all a little manipulative, you know, all a little manipulative, but she was asked that, right, asked that, and what she said, yo, you you got to give it up to her, man, she, um, what did you say, Oh, she said that she had proven in all her defences that she had not committed any crime based on local or international laws. So on what basis would she present her repentance? Boom. Right? That's some fire shit. You know, it's like, it's crazy. That 
that right there is someone standing for what they believe in. You know, that is, is something that I feel people should be talking about. But instead, you, you always have these articles where it's like, um, oh, look how blah, 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 you know what I mean, stopped thingy in their tracks with one tweet when it when it's not. <laughs> <laughs> where it's not, where someone's just being like, um, I think not, and be like, yo, you slay, what? And be like, yo, what are we doing? What are we doing? There are real people doing heroic bullshit, right? Because, listen, her saying that could have got her ass thrown back in jail. You know what I mean? Her saying that could have got her ass thrown back, and she knew that shit, but she said it, she, you know what I mean, there's no cowering, there's no backing down, and that, yo, you, you gotta look at that and say, <laughs> that's a real motherfucker right there, you know, like, listen, we have these ridiculous Mumps and days and these stupid things Like, you know, Black History Month And, you know, International Women's Month And all the stupidness like that When, listen, like, we should be looking at those things You know, 365 You know what I mean? All these, oh, this is a day for this And this is a month eh, Shut up Shut up Right? But this, this right here this right here, this is something that, you know, people should be showing their daughters, right, going, hey, this woman, this woman in Saudi Arabia refused to stand in the corner, refused to be treated like a fool, and yet she had to go to jail, she had to endure some bullshit for some years, but she didn't let her head bow, didn't let her head bow, and that should be celebrated, you know, and, you know, when she was in jail, see, the crazy thing about it all, because the Saudi Arabian government is like, yo, we did nothing wrong, and it's all good, and yeah, you know, she deserved to be in jail, uh, we're not changing anything, but when she was first thrown in, Right, no one could get in contact with her. Right, no one could get in contact with her for three months. And you kind of feel, listen, if you're doing everything above board, if everything is kosher and cool, why the fuck was she incommunicado for three months? Hmm? Oh, was that because you wanted to let the bruising disappear? You know, the effects of torture? Is Was that the case? Right? Because, yeah, she, um, yeah, you know, says that her and um, three other women, you know, they were getting tortured, whipped, electrocuted, sexual harassment, you know, to try and get them to... You know, give up information and change, you know, what they were saying. So, yeah, all, all terrible, horrible, shabby shit. Like now, she, as I said, look, she's on a five, 
five-year probation, can't leave the country. Can't leave the country. Hey. But, yo, props, man. Yo, when we talk about people going through stuff, some people ain't living in mansions. You know what I mean? Some people ain't getting Netflix deals. Some people are just fighting, fighting for what's right. Right? And Lujan Al Hafalu. Stand the fuck up, girl, because, you know what I mean? You did some good shit, and people need to applaud you. After the events of 2017, you know, when the Australian government refused, refused the indigenous, you know, the indigenous peoples, you know, rejected, right? They, They asked for a voice of parliament. Right, they uh, they asked to be recognised, and the government turned it down. Turned it down. The crazy figure is turned it down on the principle of equal civil civic rights, which is insane. Right, it's an insane thing to throw in someone's face when there is no equal rights. You know what I mean? But yeah, that happened. But crazily, the state of Victoria has, um, you know, they've decided to do something, right? So they've set up the U U U U Rook Justice Committee, um. Believe you, Rook stands for truth. Um, but yeah, they've decided to set up this in commission to actually look at the effects of col- colonialism on the country. You know what it did to the uh, Aboriginal. People, you know, the First Nation, as it were, when, um, yeah, they were settled in 1788, and, I mean, come on, look, we know some of the shit that went down, right, it's horrific, it is horrific, but it's one of those crazy things, well, it's one of those crazy things that, you know, happened not that long ago, Right, not that long ago, it's a bit like you know slavery and some other insane shit. When you look at the timelines, you're like, wait, that was still happening then? Like, what the fuck? You know, it's one of those ones where, man, like children, children were taken. Taken from their families Right It was There was some vile shit Going on in Australia There was some real fucking vile shit Like massacres 
it, it was horrific. And the thing was, a lot of it was state-sanctioned. State-sanctioned, right? So it wasn't just the fact that a group, you know, decided to march on the federal building. No, no, no. The states were like, listen, this is now policy. We're going to take those kids. Right, so all of this happened. But obviously, look, other stuff, other stuff has gone down and it's still happening. Still happening because, you know, within the indigenous peoples in Australia, right, they face the, the, you know, the lowest life expectancy rates, the lowest employment rates, and the lowest literacy rates, right, it's not good, it's not good, so the fact that Victoria are going to like look into all of this, I mean, it's a big step, it is a, a big step to, I don't know what, right, I don't know what, right, they, they, so they're setting up this commission, um, which will be going in to play later this year, right, it, it will work, they're saying they're modelling it on, like, uh, South Africa, where Nelson Mandela did a similar thing to look at the effects of apartheid, right, so they're doing that, you know, Canada, like, Canada, yeah, they've done a lot of work with their indigenous peoples, you know, the First Nation, right, so I think other places have done stuff, I think, believe New Zealand has also done some stuff, right, so they're going to be, you know, using that as the catalyst for this work, Right, so they're doing all of this. The report is expected next year. Now, the thing is, what will they then do with the report? Because, listen, we've seen similar things like this happen on a number of vile shit that has happened in different places around the world. And reports get ridden. Nothing really changes. Nothing really changes. So I think that's going to be the big thing. You know, like, it's all well and good saying this shit, right? It's all well and good, you know, paying lip service. And we're like, oh, we're going to make changes. But how are they going to then implement, right? What are they going to see? What are they going to do? Now, they're saying that they will be trying to establish... A, a form of the voice of parliament, right, that was asked for in 2017. So they're looking to do something, an advisory group. So, um, yeah, there is that. And they're saying that they will be doing a lot of work around the inequalities that are, you know, currently being faced. It is how. Uh, what are they going to do? Because this isn't new. Right? These things have been going on for years. You know, like, all of these things were brought up in 2017. 
but no one did anything then. So why now? And what will you do? Now, I think one of the big things is, right, once this report is written, once these findings come out and all of this comes to light, how will that ripple through the other states in Australia? You know, so that's why this is important and interesting. Like, there are still so many questions on, you know, what will actually come out of all of this. But I think the big thing is, once all of this plays out, right, will the other states go, I, yeah, we need to, we need to do the same. Or just, okay, we will make those laws and those policies now a thing over here too. Like, how will this play out? Because, you know, if you ask a lot of people, <laughs> Australia has a race issue, right? Yeah, I think we look at things and say it's the US and the UK, right? That that that's where this shit is going down. Other thing, I mean, when it was listen, when it was all going down in America last year. You had some idiot people be like, oh, it's not like that over here. It's not like that in the UK. London is... And you're just like, shut up. You, you know nothing. Now, all of a sudden, right, because two numbnuts do an interview, they're saying, oh, yes, the UK is very racist. Oh, the UK is terrible. It's like last year you were saying there was no issue. Right? Last year you were saying everything was fine. Right, so it is one of those things. Like, racist is everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's not just a thing in, oh, just this country and that. No, it's everywhere. But how is Victoria going to grow from this? You know, how are they going to actually work with their indigenous population? Right? How are they going to, in you know, implement the the report that comes from all of this, that's the real work, right, that's the real significant thing, and then how will that bleed out to the other Australian states, right, because this is an issue that should have been addressed years ago, motherfucking years ago, Right, this kind of thing should never have happened, but it did. So let's fix it. Let's fix it, right? So you know what I mean? Look, this is this is a big step. This is huge. And it's something that the Australian government as a whole refused to do in 2017. So um yeah, no, this is definitely big. This is definitely a step in the right direction. But, you know what I mean? Let's just not take a step. Let's, let's, let's do a motherfucking marathon, people. You know what I mean? Let's not stop this shit here. Let's keep this flowing. Something that is uh, a little amusing. is that it, And when I say amusing, I mean because... When you look at it, 
right? The only reason shit's being said is because you didn't get some, right? You didn't get some, right? And I'm referring to Zayn Malik, you know, formerly of One Direction and all of that. Now a solo singer, right? And he's cussing out the Grammys, cussing out the Grammys for not... You know, getting a nomination Even though he knows why he didn't get a nomination Because he released his album outside the window of consideration Which everyone knows, right? You you know when these awards are happening You know, okay, so if I release this here Then this will be eligible for here Right, you know all of that So it's a bit like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And... You know, right, he he tweeted out the Grammys and everyone associated, unless you shake hands and send gifts, there's no nomination considerations. Next year, I'll send you a basket of confectionery, right? But what are you, like, what are you doing? What, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you, look, the cutoff was August last year. You know that shit, so what are you doing, right? But after all of that, (laughs) after all of that, he then goes on to go, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. This wasn't personal. No, 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 no. It wasn't about me not getting... You know, any consideration I was trying to shine a light on the eligibility of the awards I mean, like, no you weren't Like, what the fuck? (laughs) What are you talking about? Right? So, what he, he said, right? He said, my tweet was not personal Or, uh, no, so Yeah Not personal or about eligibility, but was about the need for inclusion and the lack of transparency of the nomination process and the space that creates and allows favoritism, racism and networking politics to influence the voting process. And I'm like, your tweet wasn't that. Your first tweet was not that, right? Because otherwise you would say that, right? If if those were the things that you wanted to shine the light on and you thought, you know what I mean, this process is racist and it needs to be tr- transparent, you know what I mean? And it's all about favorism. You would say that, right? None of that could be taken from what you originally said, right? Nothing. And then you end with, oh, next year I'll send you a basket of confectionery. But oh, but it wasn't about you. If it wasn't about you, why have that last line? Right? Oh man, these people are insane. Like, stand by what you said. <laughs> stand by what you said, motherfucker. You know what I mean? You were pissed. Just say, I was pissed. You know what I mean? Even though I released my album in January and the cutoff was August, you know what I mean? I'm still pissed. So I had a little to drink. You know what I mean? It was late. I sent something out. Meh. It is what it is. Fuck it. Even though it was 6 p.m., so it wasn't really late. You know what I mean? But then, (laughs) then everyone's like, yeah, 
So, ba- you know, he's um basically saying what the weekend said. I mean, well, no, not really. Because if he wanted to piggyback on what the weekend said, he'd have done it when the weekend said it. <laughs> I mean, that that's the thing. If you were really concerned about that, then you would have said it at the time. You know, added your weight to that, but you didn't. Right, and now after the fact, you want to go back and rewrite the history. Be like, no, no, no. What you what didn't you understand is what I said was a motif of the situation around. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I'm speaking on the deeper issues here. That is what I am doing. You misconstrued my comments. I was painting a pit. Shut the fuck up, you fool. Shut up. And it's fine. It is fine to, you know, be pissed. Be like, oh, I wanted a trophy. Fuck you. Yeah, say it. You know, like, who cares? But own it. (laughs) I mean, own what you were saying. You know, don't try and then change, be like, oh, no, what I mean is. And here's the thing, right? Look, these award ceremonies, and I've said this time and time again, they're all bullshit. So why do fuck are you moaning about them all? Why are you moaning about it? Y'all got a ton load of cash. You've got mad followers. Your concerts sell out. That's it. That's the recognition. <laughs> a trophy on your shelf. That is, you, and you've got plenty of those. So let's not front. You've got plenty of those. Right? But it doesn't mean anything. Like, look, when you look at awards, you can see people... Certain people have had awards and, you know, not really had any real recognition from, you know, anyone else. Gary, people be like, oh, did you like that mute? No. Did you like that film? No. But they get awards, right? So it's all a game. All of this shit is a game. So why are you trying to pretend that it's not and pretend that you didn't know? Right? So you mean trying to then jump on this bandwagon and be like, oh, it's it's all racist and it's all... Look, you knew that. You knew all of this shit going in. You know, so either create your own. You know, get together with all your fucking musician friends. Create something else. Create a transparent system. Do that. But you can. Try and act like you can't. You can Look, if all these musicians, actors, whatever, got together, they could do a thing. They could. They just choose not to. So, you, the fact that you don't want to do it, then don't moan about it. Because it, she ain't changing. And, oh, they may rename some walls. They may, but it's still the same. Still run by the same people who, who, you know, put in place those policies, that bureaucracy. Right? So, what are we really doing here? What are we really saying? You're going to send out a tweet later and be like, uh, what I actually meant was... I mean, come on, man. 
Come the fuck on. You know what I mean? Come on. Stupid son of a bitch. Talking about awards, right? It is it is funny. The BBC ran a piece on the fact that, you know, the Berlin Film Festival handed out an award to Maren Eggert for her role in I'm Your Man, right? And the, the, the big thing about it was it wasn't for Best Actress. The award was for Best Performer because, yeah, the Berlin Film Festival decided to merge the categories. You don't create one category for both male and female artists. Now, the the funny thing about this whole article really is, you know, it's, uh, you know, it goes on to be like, uh, you know, doing this could be problematic, right? Could be problematic. Take the Oscars, for example, right? So, Whacking Phoenix won for Best Male, and Zenny, 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 Zenny Zellweger, Re- Renny, <laughs> oh my god, Renee Zellweger, <laughs> she won for Best Female, right, and they're like, um, so imagine Phoenix wins the award, and then that leaves, uh, you know, a poor, a poor woman who rightfully should have taken home a trophy empty-handed. And we're just like, or it could have been the other way round, right? Or it could have been the other way round, and Phoenix goes empty-handed, right? Now, to say Eva is poor, that, that's another thing, right? Because... The, the when you look at these categories and how this the people are selected for them, there are always weird missions, right? You always look and go, how the fuck wasn't blah 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 nominated? And wait, Thingy gets nominated for that performance, really? Yeah, so it's already weird, right, it's never really a, you know, a fair playing ground, you already look and go, this is messy, man, this is messy, so to try and say, it's just like, oh, these poor people wouldn't get, that's not the, that's not the thing, right, because, listen, the real inequality with these award ceremonies is the, well, it's the favorism, favoritism, favorism, hmm, it's a popularity contest, right, and we know, we know that it's not really on that performance that people get these awards a lot of the time, you know, because remember when, um, shit, I feel the gay, the girl, is it Hayley Steinfeld? Hayley Steinfeld? Right, when she did, was it True Grit? The little girl on True Grit. I think that's Hayley Steinfeld, right? When she, um, you know, had a great performance in True Grit. Was superb. But the reason she wasn't nominated, oh, a load of people said it. 
Why are the people who are like, oh, well, she's very new. She's very new and she's very young. So, you know, we, we need to see what she actually does in her career before we can... You know, and you're just like, well, isn't it on a performance? So if we're saying that was a great performance, surely you should get nominated, right? So there's a lot of actors and actresses who don't get nominated, right? And you look at it and be like, oh, okay, so we're we're doing Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks again, right? We're doing them again, you know, and they love to be like, oh, it's actually Hanks's record. 200th time and Shrimp has been nominated for this award a thousand times. Yeah, they love to do that. When you and you go, okay, so why not give some of these other motherfuckers an opportunity? Right now, that's the big thing. That's the problem. You merge the categories and then you really narrow the opportunity of a lot of people. Right now, these are water bullshit. <laughs> like I've said it. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm saying that, oh, these are water fantastic and blah, blah, blah. But we do know. We do know that if you get an Oscar, right? If you get an Oscar, that's going to up your money for your next film. And it's going to give you more opportunities. And we know that's a fact, right? So, Michael Bisbin. You know, he, you know, and Ronda Rousey, they, they have both talked about how when they were champions, they got offers to be in all of these movies and blah, blah, blah. But the moment those belts went away, even when they, they were literally currently in negotiations, right? And told, oh, yeah, no, we just need to get this, you know, just printed and then you sign it and then it's a done deal. It's basically done. It's basically done, right? Lose a fight, and then all of a sudden it's just like, hey, what about that film? You know, people don't get back to you. Or they, you know what I mean? So listen, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Having an award helps your career, right? So, yeah, it, it's great. But you're giving awards to people who already have great careers, who aren't having any issues getting those roles, getting that money. So I think that's the thing that should be looked at. And obviously, we know it's a problem. I mean, the, the, the race and shit, right? That's been a huge issue when it comes to, uh, you know, these ceremonies. We know that. We know that's a thing. Right, so yeah, you merge, you you are stripping away a load of opportunity for a load of people, and frankly, we don't need to degender everything. <laughs> we don't need to potato head this. All right, let's just we can leave this as it is. You know, what I mean? we can leave it alone. All right, let's do that. You know, what I mean? let's not. Woke up some bullshit thing. This is bullshit, but let's just leave it. Just leave it and let some young motherfuckers, you know, have an opportunity for a, a, a better wage and <laughs> a better opportunity. Let's do that. Huh? How about that? 
Okay, people, so on this week's Chin Check, we are looking at UFC on ESPN Plus 45, Leon Edwards against Bilal Muhammad. Right now, it's a 13-fight card, and we break down every fight. Here we throw, throw our thoughts on the pile and, um, you know, make a claim on who's going to win. So, once you are done with this, people, how about you go check it out and, um, you know, maybe have a little flatter, right? And when you win, hey, toss some ducats my way. But before you do that, let's finish this episode, all right? All right, back to proceedings. So, Vision is now done. It is now done, and I think everyone can let us sigh of relief, right? I mean, there was so much riding on this. Okay, all right, let me walk that back. Little hyperboil, I guess, so much. You know, I, I would say, right, the thing with WandaVision, it was was going to be the benchmark, right? Because now everything has changed. You know, the, the big overarching story in the MCU is done with um, Spider-Man Far From Home. You know, Endgame kind of properly, but Spider-Man Far From Home was the uh, bookend of it all, right? So we're now going into phase four of the movies, right? The TV division is being wrapped up. And now, all TV content is being produced by Marvel Studios. So, yeah, everything's a little different. But the things that we were told, the promises, you know, it was all very intriguing, right? Be like, oh, with Marvel Studios taking control of the TV stuff, we will see more integration with the film, the thing that everyone has always wanted. So there was that, right? We're gonna see larger bu- larger buckets, larger budgets on the TV shows. You know, different production. We're gonna see a focus on, you know, smaller characters. Right, be able to tell those stories that you can't fit into the films. Like all of this was a bit like, huh, that sounds really good. Right? That sounds really good. And the films, you know, they're they're, um, telling their own story, but yeah, they're bleeding into or bleeding out of. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, there's, there was a lot of promise. You know, it was all going to start with Captain America. No. Hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Or is it Winter Soldier and Falcon? I don't know, people. You know what I'm talking about. But due to... I think it was the coronavirus and a few other little things. You know, a few delays with the films themselves. So we get WandaVision first. Right, two characters that really not many people know. You know, they came into the films with I wanna say Ultron, 
right? Age of Ultron brought them in, I feel. But there was a lot of craziness because, you know, Quicksilver was appearing in the X-Men films as well. So, yeah, there was a lot. But we never really got to know those characters. You know, Wanda, right? People know as the Scarlet Witch from the comics. Not the Scarlet Witch in the, you know, in the films. Different uniforms. You know, they didn't look that much like the comic book versions you know there's there's a lot so with that with this disconnect can wonder vision really you know can it really hook people can it i mean hey they did it with four you know what I mean? They did it with Iron Man. They did it with the films. Because people didn't really know those film characters. Did it? You know, did it on Netflix. Luke Cage. Jessica Jones. Daredevil. Iron Fist. Punisher. So, whew, you know, how would these be? Because, you know, the Netflix stuff was great. It did go a little long, though, right? It's a little long. You thought episodes could be shorter. But this seemed to be a new thing that was changing. Six hours. That is the, uh, that's the word, right? All the TV stuff is going to be six hours. So, you have all of that. You have all of that. Yes, it's a little waffle. <laughs> but it's kind of backstory, people. You needed to know. Well, I mean, for me, for my liking, how I like to tell a story. So shut the fuck up. All right? Now, <laughs> WandaVision. There was actually a comic book that, you know, was kind of setting them in this uh, kind of world. Right? There was that. So, I don't know. I, it was like, oh, is it going to be like this this comic book? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've got it. I've, I haven't actually read it, people. But I think there are differences and, you know, all of that. But originally, you know what I mean? These characters created by Jack Kirby and uh, Stan Stanley. Well, they did the Scarlet Witch. The vision was Roy Thomas and John Bushima, right? But this TV series, this is created by Jack Schiffer, I feel, Schiffer, yeah? Um, yeah, he kind of created it, he was overseeing it all, and it's directed by Matt Shackman. So, yeah, we got that. Right, the executives on board are, um, who we got? We got Louise de Espito, Victoria Alonso, Matt Sharman, Jack Shafir, and the head honcho himself, Kevin Feige. Yo, Jess Hall handled the cinematography. And we had nine episodes because these were shorter. 
right? The, these were roughly about half an hour, playing between half an hour and 45 minutes. So it meant that we got nine instead of six. But it worked. It worked, people. We had all um, the big people back, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, she reprised her character of Man Wanda Maximoff. You know, Paul Bettany, he came back to uh, play the Vision. You know? And what was fun, you know, something that you notice in this, there's a lot of, like, sitcom, you know, a lot of names that you know from sitcoms. Like Deborah Jo Roop. You know, that 70s show and all of that. Fred Melamed. You know, we had um, Catherine Hahn. You know, we had little people like that. We had comedians. It was great. It was great. Ten, um, Tanoa Paris. She uh, picked up the reins on the Monica Rambeau character that was played by... Um, Oh, that young little girl, uh, what's her name? It was Akira Akbar. Yes, she played her in the um, the film, the Captain Marvel film. Yes, so we get this, uh, you know, Monica Rambeau character who, you know, in the comic books, yeah, she had the name Captain Marvel, also Photon. Yes, people. Yes. Yeah, Randall Park. He came up in as Jimmy Woo. Cat Dennings. That was an odd one. Right? When I remember hearing Cat Dennings was in it, be like, we haven't seen Dennings since four. Interesting. Hmm. Evan Peters. That was fun. Evan Peters addition to this show. Oh, that was a stroke of genius, people. That really was. We'll come back to that. But yeah, great cast. You know, so, um, <clears throat> what's it about? Well, it's set three weeks after the events of Avengers Endgame. Wanda Maximoff and Vision are living an idyllic suburban life in the town of Westville, New Jersey trying to conceal their true natures as they begin to enter new decades and encounter television tropes the couple suspects that things are not as they seem dum, dum, dum. so um yeah we're, we're introduced to them as a newly married couple you know so we were watching it and thinking Oh, okay. Because, yeah, we, look, everyone's probably seen the films, right? So, all this stuff has happened in the films, but you're wondering, okay, how, you know, how's it going to get incorporated? Like, what what's going to happen here? And I think what we saw with, you know, the first Spider-Man film, right? I think what we saw with that, you tell a story without having to do the age old, oh, well, it all started with, 
You know what I mean? So as things go on, we get this backstory, you know, weaved between lies. <laughs> yes. And um, the show's black and white, right? It's black and white. It's like, wait, what? You know, I didn't buy a new flat screen TV to watch black and white shows, people. What the frack is going on? Grr. <laughs> no, it's very intriguing, right? And what I loved was the, uh, you know, the trip through the decades. You know, because the tone shifted, the acting shifted. Like, did you notice that? People, the acting shifts. You know, because in those early I Love Lucy and things like that, you, you notice, like, the storylines. You know, you notice the way everyone talks to each other. Hey, ducky. Oh, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I thought I'd put it in the oven. You know what I mean? It's just this way of talking and these, the way they, you know, <laughs> set up scenes and everything. It's crazy. But we saw the shift. You know, as we went from the 50s to the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, and that's, you know, then we start to see the colour integrated. And then, do you know, it's when we hit the 90s and we get the kind of Malcolm in the middle effect, which was fun. You know what I mean? And, and that, really liked it because, again, the, the acting changes like the sensibility changes. And remember when we saw that shift, right? That shift in TV where instead of the hamming it up, right? People started to act more, uh, more straight laced, you know, try to be a bit more real, be like, hey, no, that's not how, hey, sit down, young man. We gotta talk to you. I mean, everything shifts, everything changes, and they do it, and they do it so seamlessly, you know, it's, it's just a joy to watch, really, you know I mean, to be honest, it's, it's just, yes, yeah, this fantastic thing, it's a fantastic thing, and, you know, what was really good, right, the, having this as a TV show, it allowed the story to be told. It allowed Wonder's story to be told. And people, <laughs> if you want to be confused, <laughs> if you want to be confused, look into the backstory of Wonder Maximoff and Pietro Maximoff because it's crazy. The, like every decade it seemed to shift you know you you have a you know a load of writers on it and they'll tell it and then suddenly some new writers will come on to a book and they're like you know what oh we had an idea what if what if you know they're not really magneto's kids what if they were created by this animal hybrid being and bah, and they yeah and then it's like oh actually let's make them mutants and 
oh let's make like oh my god their story is so convoluted so crazy so it's it's interesting how it gets told through wonder it gets told through wonder and these kind of psychological breaks she's going through because that was something that then gets established you know wonder she doesn't necessarily have a complete hold on her mental sensibilities you know she's gone through trauma right she's gone through trauma so yeah everything is good but then if shit goes crazy oh it can unravel right and this is an unraveling so we begin to realize that you know, which is great the way it's all kind of told because this is right remember back in the day if they're showing mental health it would be um rah, rah, i'm crazy i'm crazy you know what i mean like ugh, it was so bad it was so bad but you know this is intriguing because we're getting drip fed this information you know and can we believe all the information we're being told people mm -hmm. mm. now that that's a little spanner that uh oh brings a lot of intrigue to things right so yeah it's this fascinating way in which everything becomes apparent you know we find out you know how they even got there right how they even got there what happened with the vision like all of that is great right and you know the fact that we're you know finding that out later on man you're just like yo wait oh shit okay okay i'm on board you know what i mean so yeah it, it, it's fascinating but this you know everything unfolds but we get these you know campy kind of sitcoms but every now and again it's like glitches in the matrix you notice these weird things happening you know and you're thinking oh hold on what's what's occurring here people what's going on so it is you know every time you're seeing these little shifts these odd little things you know things appearing and it's you know that piques your interest because you're wondering who's controlling this right how did they get there why are they there right and all of it becomes to unfold it's you know i think that the moment when we see like the um the toy helicopter right oh shit you like you see that it's the um the beekeeper you know like all of these little moments you're like oh what does that mean right so then we're jumping from the sitcom to the real world right to sword which you know that they weave that in well <laughs> the fact that um 
you know, Kat Dennings character, right? The the fact that she's able to, uh, you know, find a TV channel, <laughs> like just all of, Darcy, that's it, isn't it? Is is Darcy? Just all of that. That's great. Now, the, there are some. Listen, it's not perfect, right? It's not perfect. Because I have to say, you know, Darcy, she's an astrophysicist. An astrophysicist, which is fine, yeah. I'm down with that. But, you know, suddenly she's a computer hacker. <laughs> right? It's to say, like, whoa, 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 hold on. Now, not to say that you you don't know, but what's the chances that someone at the top of that field are also going to be top of, like, the hacking field as well, you know what I mean, there's, there's things like that that happen, and you're like, really, is, is that what we're doing, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, oh, okay, alright, fine, you know, but, effects, god damn the special effects are like, whoa, there's something, right, they are something, just the whole, you know, Wanda's powers, right, that's impressive, what's really great, I think it's, uh, episode 8, it's episode 8, or maybe episode, beginning of episode 9, when you see um, Monica going through the wall, just the way all of that and the you know the the cuts and the shifts like the the splintering effect to then the reconnection god damn that was good that looked pretty spectacular pretty spectacular you know what i mean but yeah vision just audio didn't look like uh you know cheap tv like, this is leaps and bounds. Like, leaps and bounds ahead of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> like, having Disney Plus, yeah, I've, I've kind of thought, yeah, all right, I'll watch a bit of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, can't sleep, so it's, it's looking for shit to watch, you feel me? But some of the effects on S.H.I.E.L.D. are a bit ropey, you know what I mean? But not on this. The production level on this, God, if this is what we're going to expect, I am on board. I mean, I'm on board anyway. Like, the the level of the storytelling, you know, that's great. Like, when you, you look at this story, right, and the twists that they put in and all of that, it, it does make sense. You know, you're thinking about, yeah, this is, you have to, like, even though, you know, we have this sitcom and all of that, you gotta look at things a little carefully, because there are clues throughout, the way people act and certain things kind of give you an indication, maybe not at all. Yes, I knew that person was. Not that, but that something is amiss. Something is happening. Right, so all of this is great. It works. Like, we are getting 
an elevation in everything in production in the acting the effects this wonder vision damn it has set a level it has set a level people and i have to say i mean it, it, it might be bad thing <laughs> because now everyone's expecting oh how how are these next shows gonna be because just think right we've got the the winter soldier right we've got that we've got moon knight you know what i mean like well we've got miss marvel there's the she hulk one there's a good few low-key there's shows man right so we've got some great stuff and you're wondering like are they gonna you know shift are they going to give us these new things because this was a risk right playing out of the norms you know going with this you know sitcom right changing decade all of that it's a risk you know to just not do things in the typical way and i've seen people say oh yeah but after several episodes it just goes back to normal you know normal marvel and you'd be like nah it doesn't really right there are differences there are clear differences in the stories you know if you look at the films right like ant-man's a heist film spider-man is like john hughes teen angst films you know what I mean like all of these things all of the stuff that we uh, you know we we suddenly started to get tonally it was different right but this is probably one of the boldest jumps so yeah it's what new jumps will we see you know what new twists will we see with the tv series you know i love the pseudo adverts right that was something that i really always enjoyed in oh i think it was just season one of six feet under they we might have got them a bit in season two but season one man you had those pseudo ads which was awesome you know they did it in uh the um oh gosh there was that tv that comedy series ted something like um being ted something like that right but we we, we had it in that as well so yeah that was a great little twist some fun things to throw in but yeah they, they, look we're getting all of this different stuff all of this fun you know changes so yeah I, I you know loved wandavision and i am very much looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds you know because we brought wonder more in line with the scarlet witch right we did that we also have now set up right you can see the setup for the new captain marvel film right we can see the setup for the doctor strange film and just those, those those little moments man at the end 
Oh, oh, so exciting. It's like at the end of um, Avengers, uh, you know, Infinity War, when you see the Captain Marvel card. And it was just like, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Oh, I know what that is. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just the way they tease you with that shit. Right? So, yeah. People, if this is anything to go by, phase four is going to be fun as hell. We, you know what I mean? Just because the overarching story is done, <laughs> doesn't mean shit is going downhill. Because, yo, this... This is one hell of a calling card, people. So, if you have not watched it, go to Disney Plus and go check you some Wonder Vision. Lee Badadu. Right? It's a name I've heard Whew, a lot. Right? There's a number of authors who I like and works I've read and f people I follow and yeah they they talk about Lee Badadu but I'd never tried any of her pieces until now right it's because Netflix are adapting the first of her Grisha trilogy Shadow and Bone you know that's going to be dropping on the uh, streaming service in April. And I figured, you know what? Yeah, it, it looks kind of witcheresque, you know, so I'll I will check that out. But if it's based on a book, let me do the book first. Right? So, yeah, I believe there was a Ceylon as well. So I picked up Shadow and Bone. Now, it's uh, narrated by. Lauren Fultgang, and uh, yeah, so we have this, and you know, the other fun thing of it all, right, so there's this trilogy, and then after this, there is another trilogy, the Six of Crows trilogy, which, um, you know, not a sequel, but it is set within the same world, so... A lot of promising stuff here to get into, right? So this um this first book, the gist is this: surrounded by enemies, the once great nation of Ravka has been torn in two by the Shadow Fold, a swathe of near impenetrable darkness, crawling with monsters who feast on human flesh. Now its fate may rest on the shoulders of one lonely refugee. Alina Starkov, you know, has never been good at anything, but when her regiment is attacked on the fold and her best friend is brutally injured, Alina reveals a dormant power that saves his life, a power that could be the key to setting her war-ravaged country free. Wrenched from everything she knows, Alina is whisked away to the royal court to be trained as a member of the Grisha, the magical elite led by the mysterious Darkling. Yet, 
Nothing in this lavish world is what it seems. With darkness looming and an entire kingdom depending on her untamed power, Alina will have to confront the secrets of Degrisha, the secrets of her heart, and much, much more. Dum, dum, dum. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely intriguing. has this epic kind of sense to it, right? It's got that. It's definitely got that. Now, there is a lot going on, right? There is a lot going on. So, you know, we meet, um, yeah, Alina, right? We open off up with her being in an orphanage, right? With her... um, with her best friend, you know, they're, they're stuck in this spot, where they're kind of, I don't know, they're a bit apart, they're a bit apart, but, you know, there are differences, right, there are definitely differences there, and that's where, you know, that's where everything kind of goes from, because her and her best friend Mao, you know, yeah, they're great friends, they're different though, and he seems to be more accepted, you know, all the girls like him, he's a great tracker, he's got the world at his feet, but yeah, you know, she feels, hey, she's not great at anything, she's a map maker, but not the best, you know, so she feels a bit lonely, a bit isolated, and it all changes, it all changes when they go into the fold, and this dormant power awakens, right, and I I think this is, like, I think the interesting things for me with this book are, like, the powers, you know, like, Alina's powers, seem very interesting and a little different not necessarily the norm that we always see which always a good thing you know what I mean you always want something a bit different you know what I mean just like because we've seen certain tropes over and over again and it's just like okay unless you can do something completely different or just give us a different take right if you do that whatever, do whatever, I don't care, just give me something intriguing, you know, so there is all of that, which is intriguing, I also like the fact that Alina isn't a pushover, because, you know, yes, she's got this magical power, but they don't kind of rest it just on that, you know, she can fight too, she gets trained in fighting, which, you know, it's a good thing, because, we don't have to fall onto that whole trope, you know, where the, the woman's saved, the woman gets saved by the guy, which is just a bit, you know, listen, I have no issue with people getting saved by whoever, whoever, but if you spend a whole book building up a female character as being badass, and can stand on her own two feet, and all of this, but then in the very end, she has to get saved by a dude, it's a bit like, oh, what are you doing, like, what the fuck is this, you know, so that, 
doesn't happen with this book, which, good, definitely good. We do fall into a few traps, though, right? So, and this is no spoiler, because we basically get it from the beginning, from the very start. Alina is in love with Mal, right? And, uh, I mean, uh, I'm like, fine, all right, whatever, but did we have to? You know, it's just like, we always get that. You know, look, you, I feel you can be friends, but not necessarily want to jump into the sack with each other, right? There is definitely that. And then we've also got, there's a few others. There's, a, there's definitely a few others in the book. Like, kill me before they can use me. You know, and then obviously we know that's you know, the person is never going to kill them, right? That's that, that that's something that does come up, and you're just a bit like, ugh, like, is there any point, right? Is there any point of writing those lines because it never, it literally never happens. We never see the person on the first attempt, you know, going. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing I was asked. I will kill them. Don't we never see it? So it's just like, what's the point? Because I don't think a reader is ever fooled anymore. You know, like, but there's the thing with these tropes, right? Once we've seen them, and then we've seen them again and again and again, you always know how they're gonna go because they're never changed. Like, that's the first, like, you can throw these things in. Now, the, what would be great is subvert it. You know what I mean? Change it up. Like, make me think, oh, they're going to do the same old thing. Oh, my God, what was that? What have they just done? Oh, damn. You know? Now, that, yo, you hit me with that, and we're, we're, phew, we're a go, baby. You know what I mean? But they never do. So, yeah, there were, there were these things within the book, which is a bit like, and then, you know, love triangles and all of that. And it's just a bit like, uh, can we not do it a bit differently? Can we not do it a bit differently? And uh, what is the other trope that you see all the time? Right? Yes, that took place. You know, where one person is looking at someone who's doing this thing, then the other person eventually, you know, they potentially might do that same thing, and then the first person's just like, oh, what are you doing, I can't believe you're doing, and, and there's all this judgment, and you're just like, oh, okay, right, now, it, I think it would be different, you know, if, if we see the characters be like, hey, what are you doing, well, you do it, yeah, I do it, but I don't want to, I'm just looking for happiness, you know, and I'm jumping back and forth into all these situations, living a lie, living a lie, because I know it's not there, but man, when you're alone, just the demons come out, man, that's what I, you know, if we get something, something, like at least a, a different explanation, Right, a, a different thing. So it's not just 
oh, now that person is jealous, and you're like, ugh, why, like, why, or at least, instead of the whole jealousy front, it may, maybe play it out of, like, hey, listen, you, you do whatever you want to do, whatever's going to make you happy, but, have you thought about this, is this really the thing that's going to make you happy, if so, go, I ain't stepping in your way, but, yeah, I've not seen you like this before, so I just want to make sure that, you know, you're not getting used, you're not being lied to, you know what I mean, is this you, is this what you want, alright, cool, go do you, yo, like, that, do that, but we, but it's always given to us in that same fashion, that jealousy, like, yeah, a big argument, and you're just like, ugh, come on, you can do better, you can do better, you know, but I think they're my main gripes, they're my main gripes, other than that though, I did enjoy the book, right, I did like the writing style, you know, you, you kind of felt yourself in these situations, you know, the, the, the scene is painted for you very nicely, very nicely from a you know, Bandaloo, right, it, it's, it does feel like this world is there, even with some of the predictable things that do occur, you know, there, there is this, um, yeah, you know, Bagra, Bagra, yeah, I, I think that's the, uh, one of the characters, you know, that, that character is pretty good, with, um, some interesting components to them, you know, that, that come out throughout the book, right, so we have some, yeah, some good stuff with that, now, another kind of thing around the power, right, so this thing happens towards the end of the book, which then means this other stuff will come from it, and I thought that is kind of interesting, you know, because it then changes things a little bit, you know, so even though the events leading to that thing were a little bit like, and you didn't see that coming, you know, like, now, with this thing, it does open up the, you know, the doors to some interesting shit, so I, I will be interested to, you know, just see how that plays out, you know, how all of that situation unfolds, and also we learn more about Grisha, you know, the magic, the influences, because, yeah, it, it's a crazy thing, right, so we've got this, this fold, which is splitting the country, which is a problem, we have that, and, you know, as we find out, right, the neighbours of the, of the place, of Ravka, you know, they want war, so, what's gonna happen, you know, like, how is it all gonna play out, which, that, you know, that's all very intriguing, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely on board for the next book, which is, um, ooh, Sword and Siege, think, Siege and Sword, you know, something, something along those lines, 
You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm down for it. You know, I, I do want to. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued where it's all go siege and storm. Yeah, that's one. But yeah, I'm in very intrigued to where this leads. Also, it'll be interesting to see what they keep and what they remove with Netflix. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very intrigued to see how they show the fold. You know, that could be interesting. You know, will it be just some fog? You know, will it be like, um, you know, the, the force field, right? That Wanda kind of throws up in um, WandaVision. You know anything? And Photon works her way through it. Yeah. I would do that. That's very interesting, right? So visually, will it be like that? Will it be fog? You know, will it be like when Frodo puts the one ring on in Lord of the Rings? Will we get something like that? Yeah. How are they going to show us this thing? Then the magic itself, you know, right? There's a, there's a lot there. So it's very intriguing. There's there's some fun things ahead, people. So um, yeah, trust me. I will be talking about Siege and Storm in the upcoming weeks. And then when the show hits Netflix, I definitely will be checking it out. Fingers crossed it will be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, and not bad. Oh, God, I hope, I hope it is not like Fate, the Winx saga. Oh, man, that would just be, oh, that would be so upsetting. <laughs> but we will see. We will see. There is, uh, I, I feel there's more to um, come out from Alina and Namau and um, everything unfolding in Ravka. So, um, yes, people, check, I would say check it out. If you, um, hmm, if you enjoy... Um, oh, what was the thing I read recently? I read something else recently, which is kind of similar, I would say. But it is, it's got, got a bloody well escaped to me. Hmm. Now that's irritating, isn't it? Um, oh my gosh. What was the thing? I don't know. But I kind of, oh, that was it. Ember of Ashes by, um... Sabah Tahir, yeah, I think if you liked that, then Shadow and Bone, yeah, I, I think they're both similar in ways, similar in tone, for sure, so yeah, if you enjoyed those, I, th I think you would, uh, yeah, dig, you know, then again, I also think if you liked the Alex Virus books, you could, you know, be into this one, you know, you know, there's the magic and everything involved, you know what I mean? So, there, there are, there's plenty of stuff, you know? This, I wouldn't say it's like The Witcher. This is probably Witcher light, as it were. So, if The Witcher was maybe a bit too heavy, then, yeah, this would be a, a, a safer feel for you. Without being too dumb, you know what I mean, I, I, I don't really think it gets clogged down in that aspect of things, 
So yeah, if you enjoy those books, I, I would recommend you uh, jumping into Lee Badadoo's Shadow and Bone, the Grisha trilogy. Because um, you could very well enjoy. So there we go, people. There we go. Okay, people. So we have reached the end of another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. Well, a couple of shows are coming to an end. Right, you've got Kim's Convenience, so um, yeah, that will be um, finishing with its fifth season. You know, the um, yeah, the co-creators they've got new projects, so uh, yeah, that will be done. And um, yeah, then similar with Queen of the South, right? So um. Yeah, fifth season, that's gonna see that one come to a close Fifth season will um, be hitting on the 7th of April So you have um, that happening But people, you know what I mean? There will be, um, yeah, there will be new things starting Well, not new per se, but a renewal So it's only in its fourth episode But CBS has handed out a second season To the stories of Robin McCall Yes, the Equalizer reboot Is getting a second season So if you're watching that and digging it Hey, good news for you people Um, So Interestingly enough, right, with the peacock, you know, that's now a thing, and um, we know some people's feelings on that, <laughs> but it is getting a couple of um, shows transition across, all right, so the first being um, Dan Brown's Lost Symbols, all right, so... Uh, yeah, it was going to be on NBC, but it's going over to the Peacock under a new title. It will now be known as Dan Brown's Langdon. Hmm, yes. So, we um, taking up the role of Robert Langdon in this show is Ashley Zuckerman. Alright, and um, also... In the series, we will be getting uh, Valerie Curry, Rick Gonzalez, Eddie Izzard, Bo Knapp, and Somali Montana. So, yeah, you know, we've had um, what three films? I think there's been three films, right? Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, and Inferno. Where Tom Hanks had the role So I don't know We'll see if this is any better <laughs> Those films were trash They really were right Now the other show Making the jump Hey this is from a different network So originally set up at Hulu Wild Cards Is now jumping over to the Peacock No word on 
why. Right? Yeah, because it's a big jump, right? But um, yeah, it's happening now. Wild Cards is a um a, a creation from Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martins. There are a ton of books. You know, in a few anthologies and all of that, but it all stems from an alien pathogen that is released over Manhattan in 1946, altering the course of human history as the virus rewrites DNA, granting a few superpowers, leaving the majority repulsive deformities. Over two dozen books are out, right? So now, originally, um, the show was going to be written and executive produced by Andrew Miller, but now it's moved over. Um, yeah, that's all changing. So, um, you know what I mean? Someone new is going to be um, brought on to write and um, show run. So, we're going to wait on that, right? But Martin, um, Melinda Snodgrass, and Vince. Geraldus will be executive producing the show. So yeah, there is that. Now, in other news, let's jump over to Netflix. Well, they have got a new series called Lost Ollie. Right? It's based on William Joyce's Ollie's Odyssey book. And um yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah being turned into um, this show, but it's um, you know got a cast now, right? So um, Kels Kesler Talbot will be playing Billy, right? And um, Billy, he's a young boy that has lost his toy. And his best friend, Ollie. Right? Now, um, yeah. They, they meant to also share a magical bond. So, Ollie is on a, um, you know, an adventure. An epic quest to find his way back across country to be with his friend, Billy. Right? So, you've got that. Um... Jonathan Gruff will be voicing Ollie and also Mary J. Blige. She's going to be playing Rosie, right? A raggedy teddy bear. Jack Johnson is um, playing Billy's father. Gina Rodriguez is uh, Billy's mother. And Tim Blake Nelson is playing um, Zozo, a, uh, a clown doll. So, yeah, that is happening, people. Now, also, um, over on the platform, Russian Dolls. Uh, that is um, in the uh, mix of its, you know, filming its second season. And Annie Murphy has joined the cast. Right, so um, no details on her role yet. But yeah, that is happening. 
Uh, so, over on HBO, right, they are, um, they're working on a new TV series, which, oh, man, I, I love the idea, right, so, um, it, it's based on, uh, Pamela Reben's graphic novel called Slam, right, so, um, you know, Ribbon, she co-wrote the, the comic, uh, like she did with Moana, um, and um, yeah, she's gonna be, uh, you know, serving as a, uh, you know, producer and co-writer of the show, uh, but what is really fascinating about it, it's going to be rotoscoped, yeah, it's gonna be a rotoscoped 3D animated series, so uh, sounds fun, right, it's um, gonna be half an hour, and it's about roller derby, yeah, follows two young women who will have to decide if their budding friendship is stronger than the pull of a team when a win is on the line. Dum dum dum. So yeah, I don't know. Sounds very interesting. Now also, um, over on ABC, William Jehu Cherut. He is, um, yeah, he's got a new uh, pilot getting picked up to series at ABC. It's called Dark Horse. And um, it follows a passionate indigenous woman on her unconventional journey into politics, wherein she reckons with her own troubled past while juggling obligations to her family, culture, and the government. Dum, dum, dum. So yeah, I know, they, that all sounds um, pretty interesting, right? Now, also, um, over on Apple this time, Natalie Portman and Lapita Ngugo have um, joined the um, the series A Lady in the Lake. Right, so it is. Uh, yeah, it's um, set in Baltimore in 1960. Right, and it's around an unsolved murder. Um, of an activist who is found in the lake, right? So we follow um, a, uh, a housewife and mother, Maddie Schwartz, who's played by Portman, as she uh, reinvents herself as an investigative reporter. Her new calling puts her on a collision course with Cleo Sherwood, played by Ungugo, right? A woman who juggled motherhood, several jobs, and a commitment to the city's black progressive agenda until her body was found in the city park lake. Cleo's ghost follows Maddie on her quest to uncover the mystery of her death. The two women's lives soon become intertwined And um, yeah, it then goes from there Alright, so this is based upon Laura Lipman's novel um, Alan Alma Haller will direct 
and Dre Ryan. Gene, uh, Dre Ryan's going to write it. Gene Mark Valley is executive producing. Hmm. It does sound interesting. And also, people. Right? So, uh, yeah, we have a, a another new piece at Netflix, which is an adaptation adaptation of Victoria Schwab's um, short vampire story. Right? So it's called First Kill, and it's going to be starring Imani Lewis and Sarah Catherine Hook. Right, so, um, yeah, it's going to be eight episodes, right? And uh, basically, it follows a teenage vampire, Juliet Farmont, who's going to be played by Hook. And she's just about to take her place among a powerful vampire family. Now, on the flippy flip, um, Calippo Burns. The new girl in town And played by Lewis um, She's a hunter Right A vampire hunter From a family of celebrated slayers right, So both Are um, set On taking each other out But Then the unthinkable happens They fall in love Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out, right? <laughs> but let's end on this, right? So, um, an Octavia, um, Octavia Butler, one of her classic pieces of works is coming to life over on FX, right? So it's the 1979 book, Kindred. Yes. Now, it's, um, yeah, being adapted from, by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, Courtney Lee Mitchell, Joe Weisberg, Joel Fields, and Darren Azamoski. Right, and um, it follows a young black woman, an aspiring writer who has uprooted her life of familiar obligation and relocated to Los Angeles. Before she can get settled into her new life, she finds herself being violently pulled back and forth in time to a 19th century plantation with which she and her family are most surprisingly and intimately linked. Oh, now I've been reading um, some of Spence Butler's works recently and very much enjoying. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. But people, that is it. We are done. So, hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Remember, go check out Chin Check. And tomorrow, it's Echo Chamber before we end the week on Chin Check. So, until next Wednesday, people. Peace.